Yo, man, what's up? What's up, dude? How how the fuck are you? I'm I'm goddamn excellent. Oh, that. Get this straight so we look cool here. Love to hear it, man. Yeah, dude, I love your background, man. I love the uh, <clears throat> the boards. We have to we have to go in here multiple like every ten minutes and go. This is not a Blue Lives Matter flag. This <laughs> is this was actually a gift from the Satanic Church, but I'm not uh, a Satanic Church person either. Right. But I like the, I like to be like maybe I am. I, <laughs> I love the black and white flag. I love it. I love the boards. Looks great, man. Come here. Hold on. This is and this is my co-pilot. Let's see. This oh, is that's I know who Pon that is. Poncho Wolf Boy. Poncho Wolf Boy. <laughs> um he's First a rescue, day. right? Do what? He's a rescue. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah. He is he is a super rescue. He's a what we call a corguagua. Corgi Chihuahua. Somebody said, "Is he a Chorgi?" And I was like, "Get the fuck out of here! I don't know what the fuck is. He's a Corguagua." Wow. And we're gonna have our. Um... Oh, tell me when you're ready to start. Listen, man, I, I already I already hit record. This is this is how it this is how we do it here. We just go. I'm gonna I'm gonna treat you. Uh, where are you in New York? Long Island. Long Island. Long okay. Island. This is the Texican uh drink of choice have you ever heard of big red no i mean i know the gum but i never heard of the drink this is a this is a a drink here but also this is like aging can you re read that on the bottom no, no i can't read uh there's zero you know oh, like that yeah this is this is aging texican uh drink so wow. if, you, if you're like mexican in texas you eat this with like barbacoa tacos or barbecue nice so i'm gonna make this little drink i'm gonna show you the icing on the cake must have a, a little lime dude. gotta have a lime yeah so what is but, what does big red taste like <laughs> big red i don't know dude. <laughs> somebody one time said something and i thought it was blasphemous but they go um it was like, uh, and not to be like like that guy, but, but it was like some white guy said, um, uh, it tastes like uh, cotton candy. And I was like, shut your fucking, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Nothing I drink tastes like cotton candy. Tastes like big fucking red. Tastes like a taco's best friend. That, <laughs> I picture it tasting like fruit punch for some reason, but. I, I would, you know what? What's <laughs> is, um, I like everything to be red, like my drink, like fruit punch flavor. It tastes nothing like fruit punch, but even to this day, I've drank it like a billion times. I always go like, man, that doesn't taste like fruit punch every, every single time. But um, that's funny. I really don't, I, I love to get it when I can get it, but I don't drink it that often, but uh, as often as I, as I used to, but my dad is fucking addicted to it. So he calls me like we're doing a drug deal. He'll be like, he, he's like, my nickname is Tugs. He's like, hey, Tugs, uh, you think you can get me some of the stuff? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? The drink. Big Red? Mm -hmm. And then he'll, I know he does this. I'm like, yep. So I went to, today I got a <laughs> big 12 packs because they didn't have the, 
the two liter bottles, but normally I'm like the I'm at the grocery store with like eight two liter bottles <laughs> and unsalted pecans from or peanuts for my dad. Wow. Now he's his older old man thing is like anytime I put salt on anything, he's like, uh you know it's bad for you. Shut up. <laughs> man, oh. I gotta try some of that. I gotta find that shit somewhere. I, they don't have it here. I've never seen it here. Oh, when I I'll tell you what, when I come up to New York to visit Jake or something, we'll 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 meet up on the little train somewhere between <laughs> and Long Island. And I think Rick from the casualties, I think his family is in Long Island. Okay. So I'll have one of these for us and you find me some good tacos because we gotta eat like right. tacos. And I know it's they have fucking great like South American, not always good Mexican from for me. Mexican food, but it's either authentic, excellent Mexican food or like uh, Venezuelan or something. So right. we'll, we'll do something. There's a good Spanish place around the corner from here, but Mexican, I think you have a better man in Austin. You're in Austin, Texas, right? Yeah. You know what? You know what always cracks me up? Um, when I was a little kid, there would be like some families, maybe from the East Coast or something, or just people would always say that they would always be like, uh, I grew up in this very mixed neighborhood. And, and I think people younger, like in their 20s, they don't get it. We're so, they're so um, so much more progressive than, than we were at that age. Like I'm talking like 30 years ago, you know, when I was a kid. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, it was extremely progressive, but not verbally as progressive, you know? And so yeah. it was uh very mixed it, it wasn't it was like black white mexican and a lot of vietnamese people but they used to always be like oh that's david that's that little spanish boy up the street <laughs> and me and my brother would be like spanish boy what the fuck we didn't we were you know when you're a little kid we're like what is a spanish boy we're like right in mexican yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh so even up, up north when people go oh uh uh spanish boy i'm like the fuck is what is a spanish what is spanish <laughs> that's, my, that's my southern ignorance yeah yeah the uh that's the funny thing though is that you know people look at someone and they just say they're they're spanish because of their skin color but yeah there's so many variations man <laughs> I, I uh, Latin up. people you know it's insane i was on a plane one time and there was this um uh, this this lady thing next to me and it was like you could tell she was like a, a fibber, you know, like just everything she said was kind of off and she just wanted to talk. And she was like, oh, um, I love Spain. Oh, I just love Spain. She goes, I get the best tacos in Spain. Now there is taco, which is like potato type thing, but you don't get tacos in, in Spain. You're like, right. I just went with the story. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you get some fajitas in Spain. Yeah, I bet they were good. Like, bitch, there ain't no fucking fajitas in Spain. It just shows how everyone groups everything together. And it's insanely racist, actually. It is. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm Italian. Um, however, we went to, um, we went, my wife and I went to Paris on our honeymoon. And, uh, you know, everyone like said hola to us. So I thought it was really funny. And I was just like, hi, <laughs> you know, it's like, 
I mean, I know I'm not, you know, I'm white, but I'm yeah. a little, little off tone, I guess. And, uh, what, what we say down here, you, you're, you light skin it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So you, how long have you been in Austin? My whole life. The whole time. Raised St. David's hospital, Austin, Texas. Wow. I love Austin, man. I, I've only been there once. We took a little road trip down there. Uh, I don't even know six seven years ago at this point and yeah. uh I, I love that city man it, it's it's got such a scene such a culture um, it does, dude I I fucking I love 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 Austin I was actually talking to our buddy we we're just kind of texting a little bit Chris uh about Austin and I call Austin the biggest little city because the history, um, real briefly, the history of Austin was that this was a little hidden Mecca. They call this area the hill country. It's lots of very hilly area with these big trees. So it's, and in Austin, it kind of goes down. So it's kind of this surrounded by this hill, hill, what would you say? Hillacious area <laughs> around it. And, um, it was only supposed to be for like lawmakers to come and, and, and like a getaway. So there, the road system is not very, was not made very well here. Mm. And you have one main road uh, called Congress that goes, you can see all the way down it to the Capitol. And that area years and years ago used to be like brothels and prostitutes and bars, but, upkept you know what i mean because it was for lawmakers but what happened was people really loved it and enjoyed it and it just started growing and growing and to this day it's just fucking out of control it's like one of i think maybe like the third fastest growing city in the u.s yeah uh, and it's a it's i'm not one of those people like go back to california <laughs> but uh it, it's progress happens but it does suck when um like elon musk is here and and i i don't know i'll i'll leave politics out of out of that conversation but he bought this area called um music lab it's this large business and there were three different music labs and um in in each building was like maybe a hundred small practice rooms with pa PAs and you could rent all the equipment so bands could practice there and when big bands come into town they might go there to practice south by southwest people go there to practice but it's full every single day and he bought that and that's gone now and that's and you know I don't know um I don't know it would it would have been I'll say from like a local perspective this motherfucker is so rich. <laughs> like that would have been a drop in the bucket to yeah. just say, Hey, um, I need this place for whatever reason. Let's just, let's go for argument's sake. I need this area. I'm going to rebuild you a new one. And like he, he would, people would be like, you're the fucking king. Yeah. You're the, we love you. But as far as I know, 
he's not doing that. So that's a real bummer, dude. This that that's the bummer of what we're living in right now in this coronavirus bullshit. Yeah, man. And you know, speaking of Texas, when we went like uh, of Austin, I mean, um, I felt like it wasn't part of Texas. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I call it the island of the skip shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was not that I didn't feel we didn't feel welcome in Texas, um, but you know, even when we were driving there, like we have the easy pass out here on the East Coast, and pretty much the rest of the country, it's it's it allows us to go through the tolls without stopping and paying. Yeah. And by the time we got when we got to Texas, it was like the easy pass didn't exist anymore. It was called Texas Pass, right? Is that right? Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is a Texas pass? I'll tell you, motherfucker, what a Texas pass is. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, That's pretty much what I was expecting from from that. Yeah, when we got there. Texting in me. Calm me down. Calm me down. (laughs) Oh shit. Um, But yeah, I do. I love that we we got to see the the bats. Oh yeah. That was incredible. Yeah, that's on that's on South Congress. So if you remember, you would look down the road and that's where the Capitol was, that one road. Or wait, you know, I think, yeah, I think it is on Congress uh, where the bats are. Yeah, those bats are wild, dude. Yeah. That city, that city is a, another little name they call Austin. Yeah. We, uh, we didn't get to stop because we didn't park anywhere. So we just kind of drove around in circles and watched it. It, it was really amazing. Uh, for people who don't know, just like, what is it, like a million and a half to two million bats come out every night at the same time and kind of do these patterns around the buildings in the city. And it's yeah, something to say, man. It really is. I, I think they're like um, these bats that migrated from Mexico. Mm. And I, it, it had to have been within the last like 15 to 20 years because I don't remember it when I was a little kid. Um, but somewhere along the line, yeah, they, they came and made a little home under this bridge yeah uh, i think they i think they leave for a little bit and then they come back yeah yeah it's it's, it's incredible um so for those who don't know dave is the front man for the casualties and starving wolves and formerly of crumb bums damn my boy's on yeah yeah <laughs> told you what's that I said, Poncho, give me $5. I told you he knew yeah, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Poncho was like, these guys don't know shit about us. Pay up, pay up. Um, so you joined the casualties in 2017, uh, approximately, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've had a history with them before I, you joined. Yeah, I, um, I've i known them. I'll show you something humorous. All Hold right. <laughs> I, I have a I have a ton of these, but but I love them. It's like that's that's uh, me and Jake, because we've always been, and this is probably fifteen years old. We've always been like like kind of brothers. So in '99, Crumbum started. Uh, I I had, I had moved to Baltimore for a little while, and just enough to know to get my ass back to Austin that I'm going to get murdered and uh, I don't know how to walk fast enough in Baltimore. <laughs> like Austin <laughs> runs at a whole different 
I'm like walking around Baltimore like, hi, how are y'all doing? Good to see y'all. Well, this is interesting. And people are like, the fuck? Get the fuck out of my fucking face. Boom. And uh, so I remember like just being fucking wasted. And I would call uh, the guitar player from Crumb Bumps Trey and I'd be like, I gotta get back home, man. It's crazy here. And uh, we started, we started Crumbums, and we thought we really did it just for for fun. Like we wanted to play music. We love punk, and we love the aesthetic fucking vibe. You know, we grew up in the punk scene and pretty dirty, raw kind of crusty scene. And we we're like, well, fuck it. We're at shows anyways. Let's start a band, and we get free drinks yeah. so let's do it and after we started playing for about a year we realized we're kind of good at, at it so we said how do we jump up and start playing with with bands and maybe go on tour like we had no idea of how that works so we said well let's get a house and every band that comes through we house them and we you have like a couple of options uh spaghetti always cheap we'll feed you uh and you have two options we watch la bamba and do clothes and you know drink beer and smoke weed and just kick it or we fucking rage and throw a <laughs> fucking party normally most people wanted to rage but you know sometimes a band will be on tour for a month and a half and be like dude i want to fucking yeah watch La Bamba and fucking eat spaghetti. So through that, the casualties came through and would stop at the house. And we just, they're fucking funny guys. And everybody in the crumb bum is like Texican type people. We're, we have just funny motherfuckers. And we all just got along. And next thing we know, uh, ca uh, casualties were taking us on tour. We went to Europe a few times with them. We would meet up and call each other on holidays. And somewhere along the line, um, Meggers, the drummer, called me and just said, man, I'm, I'm kind of tired of living in New York. Like, I, I want to change. And I said, I've got an extra room. He moved here. We never, ever, ever in our fucking lives had we ever even discussed me joining or i never sang a song with them most bands you get hey come up and do a song with us never i was they were the casualties i was david that was that was just kind of how it went nothing rude or negative but it just never happened and um one day it, it just got it, things started changing and um we have the same booking agent and I was on the phone with our booking agent playing a festival the same day that, or the same time as they were playing. And his name's Ron Martinez. And he plays, he plays bass with the uh, lower class brats and sang for a band called final conflict. So he's really, really well known in our scene. And uh, he said, yeah, you guys are playing. I'm worried about the casualties. And I was like, yeah, dude, I, I literally had said I'm bummed and I'm worried because they can't just have somebody play around. Somebody has to care about what they're doing. And 
Ron said, uh, let me call you right back. I didn't think anything about this. And then my phone buzzed. I was on my way to practice with Starving Wolves. I can, I remember. And I looked at my phone. And it was a text from Meggers. And he said, you better learn those goddamn songs. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Ron called me back and he goes, hey, dude, um, I think you should just fill in. Just fill in for, for one show. So I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really want to because that's, I just, I, I think I take things too serious. Like, I don't really like to play in like funny side project things, you know, like, hey, let's get together and jam and do a little show. For me, I'm like, I, I yeah. think, and I'm like, like, what is this? What do these lyrics mean to me? It's like, I can't just write, you know, Bufu Fadafifi lyrics. <laughs> so, um, I really didn't want to do it, but also these are not my friends. These guys are like family to me. So I was like, I'll do it. And I, but I was like, please don't try to do this fucking casualties 22 song set. Like I'll do like 12 songs. That's, right. that's, that's all you can ask because the show was in four days, dude. <laughs> so, um, Anyways, Meggers came home from New York the next day. We went to the music lab that I was talking about. Yeah. And, um, I just, I plugged my phone into a PA system and sang it over, you know, the songs. Um, I wrote all the lyrics on the back of, uh, I got to the, the festival and I went to the bar and I got all the old um, case of beer, you know, the cases yeah. and cut them up. And I wrote the lyrics to every song on the back of it, you know, because it's about that big. Right. And I took them all over. And I had the, there was a couple of people in the front, like these really cool girls. And I said, will you please do me a favor? I'll buy you drinks. After, when I look at you, after I sing a song, take that one off and <laughs> get rid of it. So you know what I mean? They're yeah. like, <laughs> and so I knew the songs that I was, you know what's funny too is like um, when you're friends with a band, like really good friends, you don't listen to them. Um, which it, which it sounds rude, but they're you like your friends. It sometimes it's even kind of hard to listen to it because you're like, oh man, that's Mikey, get out of here, you know. Yeah. But we were just good friends. Like I love I love the music, but I I didn't know it as well as you know, you don't know the lyrics as as well right. as you do. So, oh, I think I was saying, yeah, I, I hate the word fans, but like followers, like casualty army people, they know the fucking lyrics. And and one thing about the casualties that I love is that I don't care what anybody, anybody fucking says. I've never met a band that tours like the fucking casualties like that was one thing of an enormous amount of respect and <clears throat> what taught the crumbums like our our touring was out of control but it was because we've followed the lead of the casualties they never stop and wow. they might play one show that is thousands of people huge festival or whatever and then the next day we're being fucking Buffalo, New York, 
uh, playing um, like a, a DIY skate, like uh, squat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we'll play a house show. The next day, a huge show with GBH. Two days later, we're playing for 22 people. You know, they just tour. So the, the rad thing was, I knew that as soon as we play, if people don't lose their shit in a negative way, like, fuck David, it's fine. Sing the chorus, solid. And um, that's what happened, dude. And we had so much fun. And the, the craziest thing was nobody said anything. Nobody tripped at all. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I played with Starving Wolves and then I played with the Casualties. And uh, this festival, it's called Fuck You, We Rule in Tulsa. And it falls on the kind of the weekend of 4th of July. And my birthday is June 30th. So I always remember it was like on my birthday three and a half years ago that this this happened and it was really cool we came back home they were leaving uh to do they they were going back to new york or whatever but they had a huge tour in europe in like three weeks and so it was like jake and meggers came back to austin and jake has the most um new yorky uh accent is goopa is that a, a racial word no, not necessarily. It's like, um, I guess it's like pal, you know. <laughs> so yeah. the, the Jake has the most goofa fucking New York <laughs> accent. He's like, hey, I, I wish we could do this like nicer and take you out somewhere, <laughs> but I got to get to the airport. So um, how does some buffalo wings sound? We're going to take you to Pluckers. <laughs> do y'all have Pluckers up there? No. So Pluckers is like a buffalo sports bar. <laughs> So it's like, whatever you want, you know, get get whatever you want. We want to talk to you, all right? <laughs> so we sit down and I don't drink anymore. So he's like, hey, I, I wish I could get you a shots because I feel like shots are in order. So yeah. they doctor, like diet Coke shot or something. And he's like, get a kombucha, get whatever you want. <laughs> get, get as many wings, different flavors. I don't care. And they're like, will you come on tour with us in GBH in Europe? How do you say, let's do it. Let's just do it. And I was like, what do you say to that? Yeah, right. Um, to be to be honest, uh, Starving Wolves were, were kind of young at the time. And we didn't, we knew we wanted to play, but we didn't know. And I think one thing that I, I'm coming to terms with and, and to be completely honest, and I've talked to the guys about it was, I need that. I don't like to play a show and go to work and come back and hey, let's let's practice or not practice. I like to fucking go and catch yeah. on like a fucking tank. And I think in my mind, this was one way to either get starving wolves, everybody going, or or I, either I, it would happen or I would know that this is just for fun, you know? Right. I had just, I didn't join the band yet. I just went out because 
you can't join a, you can't be honest and join a band you know it's like when you're a little kid and you're like will you be my girlfriend <laughs> you can't just get into a relationship you have to court each other uh what if what if we get along great as friends but on tour we hate each other right. so we just slightly dislike each other like <laughs> any adult does on tour we didn't hate each other and um we worked well they don't fuck around they show up um sound check we we set up everything ourselves and we never stop working and the rest was kind of history dude yeah you know the this morning i watched um a live show it was on youtube it was uh 2019 i think it was moscow oh wow. um fucking first of all amazing show second of all it really made me miss going to concerts <laughs> Yeah, this year fucking sucked obviously for so many reasons um but one of the biggest reasons is not being able to go to see a show or, or anything like that um you have so much fucking energy on stage as does the rest of the band so what do you do to prepare for a show like that man you know what to be to be honest and the thing that i love about like punk rock, like the vibe. It was like, I, you know, one of my first kind of texts back and forth with, um, with Chris was his music reminded me of that vibe of like old school punk before it was like um, Mohawk. Like I have one, but that's, that's my thing. But before it was like, this is punk, this isn't punk, you know? So the vibe of, of like the Ramones really hit me at a young age in the vibe of like the clash of that. You just you, be honest, be real. Yeah. Do it. Um, you know, you get older, you do things like, yeah, I stretch a little, but the, I think the thing is that connection within the punk rock aesthetic idea feel vibe um the thing like like with fences and and i listen to y'all's podcast like the vibe that you get yeah uh, that feeling of that i'm talking to people that that could be my friends might be my friends could be my family right next to each other like that show in in moscow did work the, the people are on the stage singing and, and they're like literally a, like a hundred people above capacity. Like, <laughs> and I think that's one of the things is like the way that I get ready for a show is uh, it may sound silly to some people, but you have to try to get honest because <clears throat> these people are gonna eat you fucking alive if you're not. Yeah. You could come out there and be in the best shape and and get out there and not be honest, and that's it. <clears throat> the show's done. They're gonna read it, they're gonna feel it, and no one's gonna move. They're gonna watch like, or if they watch at all. So I think the the thing is, be just try to be there. And, and be fucking present. Be there with the people. People are gonna hate you no matter what. But if you can be real with the people that are there, 
that's it, man. And um, I grew up with like, that's a, the cool thing about Austin, Texas is we have a very strong live music. We're like known as the live music capital of the world, but yeah. we always had punk. We always had wild rock and roll shit. And a lot of the um, musicians and, and especially like singers are real fucking frontmen, like wild, crazy. <laughs> so I grew up always, that's what, that's what you did. You don't stand there. Like I couldn't come across like Joey Ramone. That was something different. Also, right. I'm fucking short. <laughs> He's tall. <laughs> so for me, it's kind of like, I'm like, hey, I'm down here. So I just get fucking moving, dude. And and I love, I love, like, I'm so jealous of of the guys that I, all, all the people I play with because they can play instruments and I can, you know, orchestrate and create music in my head, but I can't play. Yeah. So I'm like, my body in a way is my instrument. And I love to fucking, if I can jump off of it and squish you, I will. And yeah. I like to do. Well, your voice is your instrument too, man. And you fucking belt it out, man. You, you fucking kill it. Love it. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, Venmo. Venmo. I actually don't use Venmo, no. Uh, I was going to send you some money for that compliment, but. Oh. <laughs> Next time. I have the cash app. I have PayPal. No, I don't. You lost dude, it. Lost dude. It. Dude. I would never take it. You being here is incredible, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> Seriously. I really love it too. Like um, I was listening to some podcasts and that was like the cool thing that I was listening to you guys talk. And it was just like two friends chatting. And I was like, I've been doing some like little renovation in my bathroom. And I was like, Oh dude, I just, I didn't want it to end. And it kept going. And I was like, Oh, I felt very, I felt very at ease with your guys' conversation. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's kind of what I'm going for. When I first started doing this, um, I'd write out this like three-page interview and I'd sit here and fucking read it and it was just so unnatural and weird that I was like, you know what? Whenever I meet somebody new, they always say the same thing to me. They say, I feel like I've known you forever. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the vibe I give off. And so I went with that. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to talk to people like we met at the bar or we met at the coffee shop. And it's working so far. So, you know, I, I think, and I think that is also, but to your credit, you, you knew like bands that I was in, you know, like the history. I think one thing that does kind of suck is um, with podcasts. This is, this is a new format. I mean, it's still new, relatively new. Yeah. Um, people are like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, it's like, to me, sometimes this may come off as arrogant, but I think it's arrogant when people just go, I'm, I'm just going to play music because they can. I want to do it. Yes, you should do it. Everybody can do it. However, if your heart's not in it, if you're in it to, to for something, fuck that, fake it till you make it fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, that, that only goes so far, you right. know? And I've seen people there doing podcasts. They're not listening to the conversation. And they also don't know any of the history. And to me, 
that comes off so fucking arrogant and so fucking lame. It's like you just wasted another fucking human's time because you wanted to ride off of, of that. And, and, you know, that happens. Like, why would you say no to uh, somebody maybe that you're not that interested in that is good for your show? But the thing is, find out about the person. There's nothing worse than, than not having any um, idea what this person is about. And I've seen it so many times and it's cringy. I'll watch it. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, man. No, I agree with that 100%. And this is like, this has become like a dream come true for me, honestly, because I get to just talk to people that I admire. I think do rad shit. You know, I, I don't care if you fucking... You know, we were talking about it the other day with Chris. Like, he, he, he listens to a podcast where someone talks to a plumber. Listen, if yeah. you're a fucking awesome plumber <laughs> and you got something cool to add, let's talk about it. You know, it, it doesn't have to be this whole big game or, like, any kind of gimmick. I just want to I just want to make some connections with people and maybe, hopefully, make a fucking career out of it one day, you know? I'm try, I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. I think, and, you know, I think that that's fucking incredible. It's like... Um... We we have this vibe in in art kind of things, and as you get older, you become more comfortable with words that you hated when you were younger. Like, um, you know, when I was young, I'd be like, "I'm not a fucking artist. I like to get drunk. I'll fucking puke and piss on you and do show." But as you get older, you go like, "This is a fucking art of putting music together, and and what you're doing." contacting communicating with people to a bigger audience and the thing that's so rad that I, I like I fucking love history I'm like a history buff kind of guy this is like what you're doing and what musicians and artists and all different mediums medias and all that um it, it's almost like it's philosophy of this like Greek and you know these guys just used to get out there and, and talk and have ideas and um, I was listening to this idea of like you know the democracies and um, the republic and early anarchists and nihilists it was just people similar to you to me to Chris to whoever but like giving ideas and certain people agree some people don't give a fuck and some people hate you yeah. and that's and I, and I love that idea of what we're, we're, we're relating. And sometimes we're relating that we don't relate, you know? Right. I'm working on a little project called uh, Unsinkable. And it's very similar. Like it, it really, what you said is inspiring to what I want to do where it's like, I'm just meeting with people that said, no, I, I will not stop. I'm not going right. to stop. And it's, at first, everybody says, is it, is it about music? Kind of. It's also about like people that cook, um, people that, that promote shows, people that do comedy, um, a fucking plumber, if it is. Yeah. Like, what if this fucking plumber, like his wife and kid died and he felt his life was falling apart and this dude is going, says, no, I'm not going to stop helping people I think that's what's rad, dude. That that connection, that story. What is this connection with this fucking plumber? It's cool. Absolutely, man. And you know, I have to thank Chris 
big time, man, because he helped me out at the beginning of this and he's still continuing to help me out. Obviously he got me you, um, where he would get me, you know, these great people. And it's just, I, I became part of this like circle. Chris wound up getting, Okay. Now, obviously, iconic comedian. He's been around for a long time, and wow. he was down to do it, right? But then he texted me one night. He's like, "Hey, can I get any cash for this?" And I was like, mm, "I don't really have any cash." You know what I mean? Like this. I'm starting this. I'm in my garage. As a matter of fact, I'm in a freezing garage. It's like 30 degrees in here. You know what I mean? Like uh, this is yeah. as DIY as it fucking gets. Um, the most money I've spent is on this fucking microphone. You know. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? I just, I don't, as big of a name as that would be and as big of a draw as that would be, I don't want someone on the show that doesn't want to be here. It's not going to be what I want it to be. So I'd rather take the long road and suffer a little bit and get to where I want to get than just be like, yeah, just give me names, names, names. names. I'm not, I'm not into that. And you know, when you said that, that it was exactly kind of like what we just said. You might you might have people on that you you don't necessarily ag agree with, and he's he didn't want to do it. He's not going to do it. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's the whole other side of it too, man. Like, I think I'm pretty sure you're friends with Laura Jane Grace on at least Instagram. I don't know if you know her. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I'm obsessed. I've been a fan since day one. Um, and I was like, you know what? I really would love to do whatever I can, no matter what it takes to get her on the show. So I, I paid for a cameo with her. And oh, I, yeah. Dude, I only had like 250 characters to write. So I literally was like, would you be on my podcast? <laughs> and she made me this incredible fucking video um, where she said she would do it. She gave me her email. She played a song for me that I loved. And I was like, holy shit, she hasn't gotten back to me yet as far as I emailed her. But, you know, that shit takes time. Um, but yeah, uh, like at any means necessary, I would, I wanted to get her on because first of all, she's she be harder is, to get in touch with, you know, is, is an amazing, um, human. And I don't mean character, like character, she's a uh, character, but I, I mean, in the way of communicating and, and I have this overwhelming respect. Um, so I've known her for, for years and years and, um, not like we're, we're the best buds, but we're like, um, we're, we're very chummy and we chit chat about stuff, but the, the way that she can communicate and, and create this, like I said, like this character that, that, you know, or this character that is inside of you and can speak about, you know, um, what is the song on White Crosses where it's talking about the girl that that he had dated that that died and said it wasn't it wasn't like your look but it was it, it wasn't being there that was so sad but it was that she the mom and her looked so much alike you know the song I'm talking about you know what I'm I'm not being rude I'm actually looking it up right now because I have it in my yeah. phone uh, and I can't think of the meme but I know exactly what you're talking about. Because of the shame. Yes, yes. I think that's what it's called, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that song, dude. I remember I listened to that song, like, on repeat when that came out. Because it was so, like, um, 
you could vibe with it and and you could you could think about it and think about people that you cared about that died and that the family members that are still here that resemble them and i was like you motherfucker you <laughs> fucking motherfucker how did you do this yeah so she's she's uh she is incredible with with her her words and that's just just what she does very very cool person absolutely and that's the biggest thing for me is um i was always able to it was always the soundtrack to the periods of my life like each album like meant something special to me and i always i never i'm, I'm not going to say i related to the whole thing but there were definitely parts of albums that i related to and like i said it became like the soundtrack of my progression in life and and still to this day really it's incredible i remember amazing songwriter oh yeah i remember when uh, around the time that uh reinventing axel rose came out my friend cody had gotten like tapes like demo i don't know if they were demos they were just tapes that she had put out at that time and it was maybe her in a um in a bathroom in a guitar singing for the acoustics and um we we're like who is this what is this what is against me against mm -hmm. what what is it and then reinventing axel rose came out and we were like yeah i'll show you here's something kind of cool come with me come with me through my house take me take me on a journey i'm doing uh <laughs> i'm doing a little renovation here here's my here's my bathroom renovation and then i know what that looks like yep there's uh oh shit there's an old one when crumb bombs played and i i, I love this one this little yeah that was during the uh, new wave new wave yep. era. yep but i love that and I, I like certain little things when i get up in the morning and i look at it and i remember that was a good day let's yeah. let's have a million more of those absolutely speaking of good days how's the um the apocalypse going for you <laughs> i don't know what else to call it yeah well i will tell you this so um when it first happened i i was i was doing um my little unsinkable um show i just started it in like February. So I was going around doing interviews and I was fucking excited. January, February, March, we got the editing done and April, the world fell apart. Right. Yeah. So I was kind of, at first I thought nobody thought this was going to be what it was. So I was like, awesome. The world shuts down for a little bit. I'm going <laughs> yeah, yeah, a month. Yeah. I'm going to fucking destroy my my project, Unsinkable. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it on some network. I'm going. So we started off pretty good, and then everybody in my little team started feeling the weight of life and our meetings. We had like every other day. We had a meeting like at noon on Zoom. People stopped showing up. I stopped showing up yeah. and we put everything on, um, on hold and said, okay, let's, let's give everybody a little bit of time. And dude, I fucking looked up and it was like June, July, 
August, September, October. And I kind of went into just a blank hole, you know? Um, Meggers was gone. I live in this house. It was me and Poncho. And I kind of went, to be honest, I think I kind of went into this old, like addictive isolation personality, you know, like it became difficult for me to, like we couldn't leave, but it became difficult for me to communicate mm -hmm. to people. Like I almost felt like I was hiding something. When my phone would ring, I'd be like, <gasps> like yeah. what, what, do you, what do you want from me? And um, luckily uh, the guys in Starving Wolves live here and we started Zooming and talking. And I fucking just about two months ago came out of this, this hole and um now I'm back of like, fuck it, dude. I cannot stop, you know, to that idea of like, I got to be fucking unsinkable, dude. I cannot go down with the ship. Yeah. And I'm fucking really, really, really happy. Um, Starving Wolves are riding like crazy. We're in this intensive demo session where um, it's it's been real weird. And I'm sure it is with with most bands it's like we can't get together like we used to uh and jam for hours yeah let me try this let me try this basically they have to write stuff put it together then i get it i write lyrics then i demo lyrics and that's how we practice and that's how we see if it's if if it works but you know the the thing that's also kind of cool about it is when you're younger and you're looking at older bands that you respect, you see like, that's, that's how they had to do it because at bands that you love when you're a kid, they're, they're older, they live lives, they're married. One dude lives in fucking Ireland, another dude lives in LA. Right. And that's done and you always kind of dream about that. Like, right. I think Clash did shit like that. How do I do that? And now by default, we're we're doing it and um and it's cool i i miss i miss the old world and it will come back but right now you you sink or fucking swim dude there's no there's no yeah. in between i feel and what's so cool about like what you're doing this is how we have to communicate right now we are now when we were kids in 1988 watching those sci-fi movies we're in that sci-fi movie right we have to communicate over a fucking computer like a fucking weirdo <laughs> but this is how we stay sane and when the world picks back up if you don't have your shit together you will fucking be left behind because what happened in this fucking pandemic we talk about it a lot with people with addiction problems and depression. If you had something wrong, it has been highlighted, underlined, encircled. Uh -huh. I've lost so many friends in this pandemic that are dead and not coming back. And it, it's because that fucking issue was highlighted, circled, and underlined to the point that you know, it, it basically put a noose around their neck, dude, with, with their 
uh, depression, with their addiction, with, you know, with, with everything that was going on. And so it's kind of like, for me, and maybe this is, this is just for me, I'm not, I, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, it's like, if I'm not continuously on a daily basis looking for air to breathe, I will fucking drown. Yeah. So that, no, man. Okay. You, hit it, you hit it right in the head, man. It's now you, you've actually been sober for about six years now, right? Yes. As far as I can tell through like Instagram, as crazy as that yeah. sounds. I stopped. Yeah, I stopped. Uh, it's funny. I, a picture came up of the last day that I stopped, stopped drinking. And, and I think everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people, I didn't know anything about that type of world. It kind of happened by accident. So you're kind of like, uh, I'm going to take a little break drinking, but maybe I'll do a little bit of blow. And I think everybody, <laughs> they do this thing like, oh my God, why did I do blow? Yeah. Because <sighs> normally you do a big fucking rail and then you drink and you're like, oh, I mellowed out. And so then you go, fuck, I need a drink. And then you say, oh, I can't drink. Well, I don't like doing blow and not drinking. Oh, shit. And then, you know, and it kind of happens like, like that way of like, well, maybe, maybe I'll try this. And you go, I don't like the way that fucking feels anymore, you know? Yeah. And I, I really stay away from like words, like for myself, like, um, I, I don't know. I think it sounds contradictory, but uh, I, I, I don't like going, I'm sober, he's sober. Uh, and, and I hate the word fucking, I hate the word relapse for me. Cause I always kind of feel like, I don't know, you just, you did it. Right. Did you relapse or did you just, did you fuck up? Or, or I don't know, use the word that you want. Um, I, I have a friend of mine that says like, the reason we, we get introspective and that we maybe go to meetings or, or whatever it is, is so that when we fall off the horse, we have tools to get back on if we want to. You know, um, I, I never say never, you know, yeah. it's like, I don't like to say that. I don't, all the people, most of the people that I know, they go, I'll never fucking drink again. Well, you did. Yep. You. So the thing that makes this, this is a fucking choice, dude. Life is a choice. Yep. Um, you know, I also don't believe people that have depression that decide to end their life, they're cowards. I don't know. I, I mean, that's yeah. me. I'm not saying that I can't say that to somebody's partner, you know, the husband or the wife or the children. I don't know. Right. But it's like, this is a choice. Yeah. It's a choice for me to feel this way. And also I'm a fucking, I'm a like hundred percenter. Like <laughs> when I like to fucking party, I like to fucking party, dude. Like, yeah. I like to feel fucking good right. and I like to feel good right now, dude. And, and this, this feels good. And, and maybe one day I'll say, Hey, I, uh, maybe I want to try this beer. I don't know. Right. But for it just fucking, it, it feels good because 
Um, you know, like that song, The Shame. I remember like I wasn't sleeping in my bed. I was sleeping on the floor between the wall and the bed and listening to that like song on repeat because it brought this this darkness, maybe, maybe something that I needed to work out inside of me. But I can remember that I couldn't feel good. And when I would reach for something that one time made me feel good, it didn't. Yeah. And somewhere along the lines, I started feeling good. I started appreciating like this dude in conversations like yeah. this. Like I, I've actually been excited. Like, look at the, it says one o'clock on my hands. So I don't forget. <laughs> so, well, That's awesome. Dingling. Uh, <laughs> I, I look forward to this kind of connection. And, yeah. you know, I was real scared that I wouldn't be able to be me anymore, you know? And I have the choice and I have the ability. Maybe some people don't, but I can really remember sleeping on that floor i can remember what it felt like i can remember what the floor smelled like i can remember the vibe so i can reach that and and write about it and talk about it absolutely man and once again i agree with you you know i had a um i went on like a five-year coke bender (laughs) not too long ago not too long ago and uh it was will i ever do it again probably but yeah, but I don't think I don't think maybe five days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think I'll ever take it to that. I don't think I'll ever take it to that limit again. I think that um, I know what it feels like to come off of that. And I'll never fucking forget it. No. <laughs> Will no. I be an angel the rest of my life? Definitely not. But I, I know I kind of know where to draw the line now, you know, and yeah. uh, five years is definitely way past the fucking line <laughs> But you know what? What I, I am fucking lucky. I hate the I hate that term blessed or whatever. But mm-hmm. it, whatever the cooler word is, rather than blessed, is what I got because I don't have a problem with like personally against drugs or alcohol. Mm-hmm. My roommate drinks. Uh, my good friend works at a brewery and said like. Dude, I've got like 13 cases of beer that I've got to get rid of. I'm like, give it to me. My friends come over. I I, lo- I cook uh, and I love to cook. And I did that for, that was what I do outside of music. So I like to come over because I cannot drink or because I can do whatever the fuck I want because I choose <laughs> not. Fucking does not mean that I don't have some beers for you to have and that I can't wait for me to fucking push you off the chair because <laughs> you know and, yeah. and that, that's some of the great shit it's like there's some stuff i i just don't like to be around because it changes their personality so much but i also know that there were times that i had a good time doing fucking key bumps in the bathroom cracking up our own little secret world and you come out and we're laughing but i just know that it didn't end there. It was like right. four days later, I was at fucking Mikey's house, fucking licking some tinfoil or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely hear you, man. And and that's exactly the uh what I was trying to get at is that it just spirals out of control. It just spirals, you know? 
But if you know when, if you know when to like, all right, I'm good. I had some fun for a couple hours and, and move yeah. on. You know, I of, 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 of the term smoke them if you got them. And that means yeah. whatever for you, because for me, I, like now, it was, dude, it was scary. What am I going to do on tour? Mm. What am I, what am I going to do? But also one of the things is like, I want to do a lot of things and it's really difficult to do that stuff and a lot of things. So it's like now when I get off stage, we get done playing, do the stuff at the merch, talk with people, load up equipment. Then I go back to my fucking room and I write. Um, I watch a podcast that inspires me. And I learned this really wild thing. If you grew up like dirty, dirty punk, I'm about to blow your mind. There is <laughs> this little trick where you get, you turn the water on and you put a little plunger in the hole of the bathtub. The water fills up to this beautiful warmness. And I put the shampoo in it and it's called a bath. <laughs> and I take a bath now so I don't fuck up my hair. And I listened to the uh, last of the Mohican soundtrack. <laughs> and that will fucking change your, I was like, fuck that shit. I don't want to go down to that party. This feels good. No one's yeah. talking. So yeah, man. It's called a bath. A lot yep. of dudes don't know about it. Give it a <laughs> You know, it's funny. I, I mean, when I was younger, yeah, I took baths, but I haven't taken a bath in, you know, my whole adult life. No, I didn't either. Yeah. I hated it. But now, <laughs> when I when I'm at like at a at a at a place like a little hotel or something, yeah. I'm I'm going for a bath, and every once in a while, you know, they've got these big nice towels. I just go the whole thing. I throw this towel on like a robe. I put, you know, you have to put a sock on the, on the doorknob. So like Meggers doesn't walk in on me. I would never want him to see what I'm doing in there. It is why the air that you can get when you're alone. <laughs> and those nice big hotel beds too, man. Those are, those things are so comfortable. Dude, yeah. And it's, it just, it's not, cause it's like, we, we do not go the the money route of a lot of stuff it's like we're in a little van right where every most people don't realize it but it's like every penny you spend it comes out of your pocket so whatever fantasy world people live in where they think like this shit is for free it's not so it's like when when i have that night alone or alone for an hour or two, dude, I take advantage of it. These, these little tight stretch jeans, they get hot, they get sticky. <laughs> yeah, man. Sometimes you just got to fucking unwind, relax, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, Lord of the uh, fucking last of the Mohican soundtrack. Yeah. I, I got to check. I mean, I, I've seen the movie and I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of scores. Yeah. So I have a lot of scores on vinyl. Is this something oh. I should get on vinyl? Yes, dude, that's right. You are, a, you're a vinyl man. Yeah. I, same. It's like, you know, that was one of the things too, like, 
when I decided I was going to take my little step away from that, that other world, I was like, I spend about $40 every day at happy hour, no matter how you kind of bend it, it's between 20 to four, 20 up to whatever, right. every single day. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a new record every week. And just the fun of, you know, rubbing that plastic on your jeans to open it up and yep. then pulling out the record. And then also <laughs> being a little dickhead, you're like, damn, these motherfuckers went cheap. What is this crap? <laughs> yeah. There's not a inlay. Yep. Yep. Oh, dude. I, I love vinyl. I feel that man. I do the same thing. My wife's my, uh, my wife makes fun of me. I'll come home with a new record. I'll sit at the table. I'll look at it before I even open it. <laughs> Turn yeah. it around. And then I open it up. I take everything out nice and slowly. I read everything inside. I fucking look at the vinyl, especially if it's a yeah. colored one. Forget it. Double vinyl fucking that takes at least an hour. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a, I'll send you a nice uh, starving wolves one. We went. Oh, dude. I had so much fun um, getting this, the record, the, our, our full length is called True Fire. Yeah. And we made it look like fire. And it just, when it came out, I was like misty eyed. I was that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. I, you know what? I downloaded it this morning. Um, oh, great. True Fire. Yeah. Love it. It's fucking awesome. Fucking rips. Cool. Um, and I also downloaded, uh, Casualties, the Pet Cemetery cover. Oh yeah, that's that dope, was, man. That's so that good. Was, yeah, you got to check out. So the the one last thing, I'm sure I'm getting in on your time, but um, we did uh, this last record was called Written in Blood, and one thing that was really really cool and, and a perfect example of the way that these guys worked was I joined the band like June thirtieth. Or didn't join. I just kind of started. Let's say July, August, September. Maybe I joined in September, and maybe in May, we we were already we were recording. We recorded it with Bill Stevenson from uh, Descendants and Black Flag, and wow. they have this great studio in Fort Collins, Colorado, called the Blasting Room, and it was like work. Joined it, work, and again, we had a, you know, not, not tooting any horn, but it was rad. It, we, did a, we did a good record together, and it's, it's not that, that common for a new guy to come in and singing and do good. And we yeah. had a lot of fun doing it. And when you live in this kind of world, the lyrics write them fucking selves, dude. Just shit going yeah. on. Yeah, man. You know, it, everything that I've listened to this morning and you know the live show and it's just it's like we were saying before it's authentic it's real and I really appreciate it and I really appreciate you being here man you know sometimes I do these shows and like I kind of have a time limit of like 45 minutes to an hour because I know people don't want to really listen to like really long things yeah um but at the same time there's no filler here this was all fucking great shit you're a very entertaining guy, and uh, I would love Did to keep in. Thirty minutes. What's up? Did we go over thirty minutes? We went over thirty minutes. 
I think we I think we're on like an hour and ten minutes, which that's that's great too. Cool. Um, you know, sometimes like like I said at the beginning, I would do this and it would be like filler, you know? Mm-hmm. None of that here, man. This was awesome. You're awesome. awesome. Cool. And I like I said, we'll keep in touch and uh we'll do this again, man. Anytime yeah. like, you're down. For for sure. And yeah. when I come out your way, yeah. <laughs> We, you know what we got to do? Uh, hey, I'm going to tell you a couple of quick things. Go ahead. This is a band from Portland called Long Knife. I just want to tell you to listen to them because there is, it, it's hard to find genuine fucking punk rock that, that, that's not. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I got gotcha. you guys are the shit and there's also a great podcast called the blind boy uh from ireland i think he's from limerick but check it out he does these great like um just great podcasts i think you would love and when we get together we gotta go do like an outdoor podcast together outdoor big red party podcast big red tacos yeah tacos Absolutely, man. Um, there's one more question I have to ask. I ask everybody who comes on for the first time. On a scale from one to hell fucking yeah, how stoked were you Were you to be here today? Hell yes. <laughs> I was. I told you. Yep, yep. <laughs> I got my big red. I got my line. Poncho's got his fancy bandana on. <laughs> I got my long knife. Sh- last night, I... Shave, you don't want to come in looking like a baby, so it's got to have about an eight hour growth, right? Right, five o'clock shadow, yeah. It's like Dolly <laughs> Park, it, it costs a lot of money to look this cheap, baby. Yeah, <laughs> David, thank you so much, man. This was yeah, fucking awesome, and that's it, man. Uh, I can't say thank you enough, and thank you, Poncho. <laughs> maybe we'll awesome. do one with maybe we'll do with, with Poncho next time. Oh, dude, yeah, he's got he's got a voice, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay brother thank He's you so very cute. much thank you man thank you. peace man thank you so much later, later.